Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. First and Pod, we made it to the playoffs. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. It's going to be easy pony. Every team, every game, every week. Although it is super wild card weekend. We have six whole games to get to. You think we can manage? And two of the games, frankly, suck. So that should make it even easier. I mean, two? Yes. Two? You want to go three? I mean... Do I hear three? Get, can, I, can I get four? Well, one game's an even matchup with teams that nobody takes seriously. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not dying to watch Giants-Vikings. So... That's not, it's not a great game, but it's a, it's weird, man. Like the NFL expanded and ESPN gets the great game for Monday night football in terms of the the storylines and the ratings, but it's pretty easy to mock super wild card when you get these matchups, these teams, these records, like this is, this is not, this is not super in terms of the caliber of football. Yeah, let, let's you know. Let's start with that Bucks Cowboys game because it is the most. It, it is the biggest one in, in terms of just the quality of matchup and how the two teams stack up against each other, but also the notoriety of both. Yeah, teams. I feel like we have not gotten enough information or reporting on how ESPN and ABC got this game, and I don't think that's just like a. You know, you and I both work in the sports media, so we're nerdy about this stuff. Wouldn't you like to know how that happened? I just assumed that that was going to be the game that was late afternoon Sunday, because that seems to be where the biggest wild card game has gone the last few years. And a game that we've said will produce the biggest ratings in wild card history. You and I have been saying that for months when it became apparent this was going to be the matchup. It ended up on ESPN and ABC. I'd like to know how. I'm very curious. I I assume that there was something in there with, hey, we are introducing Buck and Aikman to Monday Night Football. So congratulate. We, we've solved your Monday Night Football pro- problem, right? Monday Night Football doesn't feel small anymore. Monday Night Football has Buck and Aikman and the Manning cast. Like, they, they have fixed Monday Night Football as like a big broadcast destination. And putting another network 
into the Super Bowl rotation in terms of network TV just drives up the competition for CBS, NBC, and, and Fox. So given that they don't have games in the divisional round or championship weekend, my guess is it was we get the first pick wildcard weekend. Last that, year they had Cardinals-Rams, which could not have been the first pick when the Niners and Cowboys played against each other. Correct. So to your point, it had to change from last year to this year. Correct. So in this game, let's start with Dallas. I always say on like the Friday shows, I do like, if the Bears win, this is what it means. If they lose, this is what it means. If the Cowboys... That's an original sports talk radio gimmick, by the way. I might steal that from you. That's why I'm the best. If the Cowboys win, they beat an 8-9 and nine team that they were favored over. Nothing happens. If they lose, what happens? Bare minimum, Jerry Jones gets Sean Payton on the phone flying home to Dallas, I would say. If not, Sean Payton is in a secret location in Tampa and he's flying back to Dallas and they're already starting their interview process right then and there. I mean, I think that's right. I mean, that's at least on the table. So, so Jerry, my, my, Jerry Jones has to figure out in that moment if if he can if he knows he can hire Sean Payton, McCarthy's gone. If he's not sure he can hire Sean Payton, then it gives him something to think about. I don't, so I'm, I'm saying, I don't think Mike McCarthy is immediately fired. I don't think it's like uh, Herman Edwards coming off the field at Arizona State this year. Hey, you're done. But right. he'll start to look at his options as soon as this game is over. He's old and he's obsessed with winning. You can't be complacent at that point in life. So do you think it's because they hired McCarthy, who was a high-profile coach, the Jimmy Johnson problem that Jerry Jones had is officially over, that he he would take another Super Bowl even if it came with a superstar head coach and the coach got more credit than him? Do you think McCarthy ended that? Because Sean Payton strikes me as a different level of celebrity coach, even though well, they're both – Parcells. He had Parcells in between Jimmy Johnson – I, I know, and it didn't go great. Like No, it did not. Um, so, like, I, I, I wonder, I, I, I tend to think that, I, that, that you're right and that it's over, but I wonder if it would just be for Peyton or if he would just say, okay, Sean Peyton, Jim Harbaugh, hell, let me, let me see what it would take to get Sean McVay. You know, like, like how, how crazy he would get I mean, hell, man, maybe just Dan Quinn. Well, I was just going to ask you that. Do you do you think that there's a – I think there's a greater than one – somewhere between like 30% and 0% is him either promoting Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn to head coach. Yes. Because he's done that with Wade Phillips. He's done that with Jason Garrett. I mean, that's – that is in the Jerry Jones uh, resume – Multiple people seem to think that Dan Quinn is going to be a much, much, much better coach the the second time around. And the defense, yeah, I'm not buying that. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it, it seems to be a very popular league opinion. So I I do think if he loses, McCarthy's just gone because of what you're talking about with the patience. Like I I think that he's 
he will just he there will have to be the the axe will have to fall on somebody and the rest of the team is fairly well established and he will he will shoot high and Quinn might be fallback but I I think that McCarthy would be gone by Monday can I circle back to something that or we by talked Tuesday, about? by Tuesday I'm going to circle back to something that we talked about when it was a red hot topic in September and October then we completely forgot about it because the guy had a horrible game against Philadelphia and it ended that conversation if you eliminate the Dak Prescott horrific game where he implodes like he did against Washington in week 18. If they went to the Cooper rush, let's just run the ball and play not to lose. Do they beat Tampa? I know you can't win a Super Bowl that way. Like they could not beat Philly in Philly. They definitely would not beat San Francisco because their defense. But if they went and played, if they had Cooper rushing at quarterback for this game, would you take the Cowboys? No, knowing the style that would come with starting him. Yeah, I mean, dude, Zeke hasn't looked good. He's rushing for less than four yards of carry recently. How about like Tony he, Pollard? Yeah, no, and, and Pollard does look good. So, I mean, if you were committed to him, but some of that's been in the passing game. Um, I, I think Dallas should win, but Dak leading the league in interceptions and 11 interceptions in his last seven games and Tampa basically resting everyone last week and the week before we saw them look good, and they're talking about that they're the healthiest they've been since week one. As disgusting as this is, I expect Tampa to win. Oh, I, expect, I expect them to pull off the upset, Mike McCarthy to get fired, and Brady to be talking about them going on a run in the NFC. That's I think that's the NFL world we wake up to Tuesday morning. So you're actually falling victim to their... Is it the healthiest their offensive line has ever been now? And Brady's not going to be against Micah Parsons and the team that produced the third I'm highest pressure rate? I'm not saying that they're going to be good. I'm saying that the, the narrative will be Brady found out a way to win in the playoffs as an underdog in the playoffs and got someone fired. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. And I think they would lose to Philly. And I think How many points? Get, give me a number of points. What is your expected point total from Tampa in this game? 20 if you said it at like 23 and a half I'd take the over 20 24 26 27 well, that's the there. perfect number because they've only scored more than 23 points two times this year yeah yeah and, and, and wins so one of them was against Carolina I know they scored a lot against Kansas City but that was mostly cosmetic scoring on their part are you um, who are you picking Dallas or Tampa I just don't know, like, I've heard a lot of Tampa buzz because of what Brady did against Carolina, a team that literally had you and me at corner in that game. They were down to practice squad defensive backs. The guy that they had on Mike Evans was getting burnt downfield where there was like five and a half yards of separation between the two guys. Have you That's seen not Dallas? Happen. That's not going to happen in this game. It's just neither not. team is good. Neither of these teams are good. I disagree. I think Dallas has a chance to be good. A chance? Yes. It's the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I'm well aware of where we are right now. It's it's January 12th. It's the playoffs. Okay. okay. I don't. Think I think the Cow- I think I'll I'll put the I think the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. Oh, you're out of your mind. No, I'm serious. I bet them at 13 to one. 
Today? Yes, I would. Okay, you say, but like, but like, are you betting them? I, I, I don't think you want this to be our show bet because you seem incredulous over it. So, well, no, no, no. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, have, have, you said, like, I would do it. Like, have you, Andrew Phillips? I think among the teams, if I'm going to put in a future bet before the playoffs start, I think among the the category of teams who can win the Super Bowl, I think they are obviously on the low end of that spectrum. Yes. But you get the best odds on them. So. You know, Tampa, obviously, Tom Brady. You like them at 13 to 1 more than you like the Chargers at 21 to 1. So, absolutely, because the path. No, I know the about path. the path. I'm aware. I'm aware. The path. The Dallas okay. path. I like the Dallas path. The Dallas so they, path is a seventh round quarterback when no quarterback, the, the, the latest round pick quarterback to win a playoff game is TJ Yates as a rookie. So I'm not convinced that Brock Purdy is going to be fine in these playoffs. I'm not. Wait, wait. You have you have Dallas. You have Dallas going to San Francisco now and winning. I think. Well, I'm saying if they got to an NFC Championship game, by then they would have gone to Philly and won. So if they go to Philly and win, why can't they go to San Francisco and win? They would have proven by then that they can beat a really good team on the road. I don't put it past them to beat Philadelphia. Is that what it is for sure? It, it reseeds. Yeah, so they're the five seed. So it would take the Giants or the or, Seahawks or winning for yeah, them to right. not go to Philadelphia next. Right. Okay. Well, you're you hate this take. I know you. You're I, biting I hate your tongue it. on it. I hate it. I think it's a terrible take. I, I listen. I think they're losing in this game, and I think they would get destroyed in Philly. I don't, I don't, I don't like anything that I've seen from them. You think they get destroyed in Philly? What has Dude, Philly done to deserve that? That we're not. This isn't Thanksgiving thing, the night. The only reason Philly hasn't looked good is because of Jalen Hurts, and then he's going to have all this time off. He's going to be fine. Dude, Philly is a much more complete team. Dallas. T- I don't know what Jalen. I don't know what Jalen Hurts' injury has to do with the way their defense is played. T- turning the ball over, and Mike McCarthy. And not being able to run the ball consistently. And having Tyron Smith playing right tackle now because they've got three different injuries on the offensive line. That is not a good recipe for the Dallas Cowboys offense, buddy. That is... I think Tampa's defense is going to cause more problems in that game, honestly, than Dallas's defense. I, I, I think Dallas is broken right now. And I don't think Mike McCarthy's the guy that got that, that has the tools to fix it. No, sir. Well, that's because you think Mike McCarthy's tools are like a box of jelly donuts <laughs> and a large Coke. I mean, you're like, am I am I wrong? You you just crap on the guy at every turn. We'll see. I'm looking forward to talking to you. He's coaching against Todd Bowles on Monday, not Bill Walsh. Danny, may I remind you? All right. Well, so you and I differ on the biggest yes, game we of the weekend. You've got Dallas. I got Tampa. I like it. Ravens Bengals, the Sunday night game without Lamar Jackson. He made a statement today on his knee. It was very detailed on the specific grade of the sprain and the inflammation, and he ruled himself out. What's your take on this situation? So I have a hard time. I have a hard time criticizing people for things that I would do. That's kind of one of my rules in life. I don't like coming off as a hypocrite and 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 calling out people 
where if I was in their shoes, I could see myself making the same decision. What I will criticize Lamar Jackson for is just tell us the truth. I think we're living in a world now where fans are way more accepting about things like this than they were even five years ago. When a college athlete says he just wants to concentrate on the draft and he doesn't want to play in a bowl game, we're like, makes sense. We get it. Look out for yourself. If he just says, look, I don't have a contract beyond this year. My knee's not 100%. I don't want to risk it. Do that. Great. Like, that I could get down with. But what I don't like so much is don't try to expl- don't try to make don't try to make this out to be this injury that is so debilitating that like no one regardless of who they were would play on Sunday night with it. Like I know he didn't quite say that in the statement, but that's kind of right. how I took it with how specific he was in outlining his injury. That's the way I interpreted it. Like, hey, this is way more serious. Well, if it is, then he should have a major problem with the way the Ravens have publicly addressed this injury from the second it was diagnosed. When they said, oh, he'll be back in two or three weeks. When your coach was telling people that he would be back in time for the second Steelers game. They have done a disservice by him. Big time. Well, so a couple things. I like when players are specific with their injuries because of what you just said at the very end there. Teams have a tendency, like they employ the team doctor and the team doctor is going to be deferential to their employer. And we've seen this before. Uh, Justin Fields, just this year, I'll just give a couple of Chicago examples. He came out and like, they were like, well, maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. And he was like, no, my shoulder is really messed up. If the game was tomorrow, I wouldn't be able to play. It was a slight tear of this, this, and this. And he like explained it. And he took like complete agency and ownership of what the story was. And I'm sure the Bears weren't thrilled because the NFL hates divulging inf- injury information. But if they're like, yeah, he could play, and then he doesn't, he feels he like it's bad. He, he looks bad, right? Another example, much more high profile, Derek Rose. When Derrick Rose was, quote, cleared to play by the Bulls team doctors, he had to come out and be like, I mean, yeah, they might have, like, cleared me to play, but I'm not ready to play. Like, I'm not comfortable playing. Like, he wasn't, like, over the mental hurdle of being cleared. And that, honestly, hurt Derrick Rose's reputation for years. Because, But it was like, hey, man, like, I was going to be ready to play in a couple more weeks. Like just like my thing with them is like, why put it out there to damage him? Now football's different, obviously, because it's such a week to week thing and the contract is hanging over him. But largely my point is when someone takes ownership of their own injury, like Lamar, I assume he is telling the truth when he's listing the grades of the sprain. So I like him taking ownership of it. Now, if he was signed to a five year, 240 million fully guaranteed contract, would he play? I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. I assume you're right. But like, doctors you know, have, some of these doctors who have not looked at his knee, but a lot of these, you know, football doctors who are on social media or on TV. I don't have trust commented, them. <laughs> well, why not? Now who, now, who are they? Like, so we know that the team doctors 
are always going to side with the team. People that now work in media who were doctors, you're saying that they're so I mean, just like, like that, 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 pro football, that pro football doc guy who like is aligned with like that. Dr. David Chow is a dear friend of mine. So no, do he's... not say yes, he is. I could text doc, I could get Dr. Chow on speakerphone right now. Okay. Okay. Well, he took Clay Travis's so tread blood lightly. Okay. <laughs> is he a more of a dear friend to you than I am? No. Okay, well, then I'll say what I want to say. He, the guy took Clay Travis's money, and he diagnosed his injury off of television. It's completely ridiculous what that guy does. It's completely absurd. Even if he's right nine out of ten times, it's still 10% that he's wrong. That's insane. It's the medical profession. You're not supposed to be wrong 10% of the time. Like It's okay to be wrong with that amount when you're gambling. But not when you're deciding on a play call, but not when you're diagnosing a goddamn injury. But the point is, like, regardless, man, Lamar took him out himself out of the game. I think that he, I think it's a little harsh to say that it's purely motivated by money when he played this season with the money on the line. And the worst case scenario here is that the Ravens franchise tag him, which guarantees him like $50 million next year. Like, so he does not have money problems. So I'm I'm not, I don't really think it's totally fair to put that on him. I believe that he is genuinely hurt, but I also believe that him and the Ravens are breaking up and the Ravens are going to put the franchise tag on him and they will try to trade him off of the franchise tag. That's how I think it ends with Lamar Jackson. As for the game, if Tyler Huntley plays, the Ravens can do things. If that dude who played last week, what's his name? Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Then it's over. And we will not be watching Sunday Night Football into the second half. And that game, because like the Bengals will bring their A game for the playoffs. Tyler Huntley is like RC Cola, Lamar Jackson, like, you know, Lamar Jackson very, but he is a difficult player to game plan for. But RC Cola catching an unbelievable stray here from you. They will be advertising anytime soon. Cross them off the list of prospective endorsements. I mean, I like Tyler Huntley. Jesus. I'll drink an RC Cola in a pinch. But I do not think Tyler Huntley is any good. I've watched him now twice against the Steelers this year and once last year, and I think he's brutal. He carved up the Bears last year. Well, again, the Bears have been the last two years one of the worst defenses in all of football. Didn't well, Mike the White carve exactly them up? The Steelers, but sure. The Bengals? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bengals defense answered the bell in the playoffs last year twice. Yeah, they did. And in the play, in, in the, the playoffs, Super Bowl too, you could say even they didn't lose that game because the defense really. Well, so what chances do you give Baltimore of winning? Zero. Okay, so we're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um. All right, so we're we're pacing at an unbelievable level right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Dolphins Bills, the Skylar Thompson show. When the Brady to Miami rumors start, as soon as they lose the game, what are we going to say about them? Because you know that's what that's what's going to happen as soon as they lose. Yeah. So yeah. what will you say about that? What will be your take on Brady going there? That that makes all the sense in the world. That it, like before the year, my take on what Miami did was I respected the hell out of it. Because I was like, they put themselves into a situation where there was absolutely no way that they wouldn't have an answer on whether or not Tua was good by the end of it. Because they had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Mike McDaniel and they kept Jusecki and they brought in Armstead and they signed a couple of running backs and Mostert. Like they, 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 they did everything you could possibly want to do to support a quarterback. And so if they were good with Tua, great. And if they were bad, then Tua's not good enough. And then Tua proves to be pretty damn good. And they were pretty damn good with Tua. And then without Tua, they weren't that impressive. The caveat that I didn't see coming was two diagnosed and three actual concussions and Tua's career maybe being in jeopardy. But what I had said before the year was, if Tua was bad, they'd be the most desirable place in the NFL to play. Who wouldn't want to go to South Beach with two number one receivers, a franchise left tackle, and an offensive-minded head coach? So, yeah, I expect Brady to love going back to the AFC East to stick it to Belichick twice a year and to go head-to-head with the Bills, who he owns, and to throw to those receivers. And he tried to do it before. So, yes, I think that it's reasonable and I think it's a great spot for him or Derek Carr or whoever the hell, or Aaron Rodgers or whoever the hell ends up there. Aaron Rodgers? You think that's on the table? No, I mean I think the contract's I think I think the contract is probably untradeable. My point is is that if the Miami Dolphin quarterback job is open, yeah. there's probably 25 quarterbacks in the NFL minimum who would say that's a better situation than the one I'm in. So I think that Brady has to look at a team like Miami differently than other quarterbacks because I think right now we've learned with like the Bengals and how last year it was weapons over protection and they had a terrible line but they had Chase there instead and it was just unstoppable because they just had too many receivers for teams to deal with and Burrow made it work without an offensive line. I don't think Brady can make that same call. I think if he does, he's asking for it. Armstead's good, but Armstead's help, Armstead's injured a lot. He doesn't play a lot. That was the risk in signing him. That was part of the reason why New Orleans let him go. So I just wonder from a protection standpoint, I mean, every team that has Brady's going to try to get the ball out fast because that's what he did even when he was in New England. But I, I just wonder about that. Like he, to me, not just to... Uh, weather situation and dome and stuff because of his age. But I think he'd want to go to the team with the best line in free agency. Well, I mean, listen, just if, make if, everything if, else if work. Get to San Francisco. I guess that's different, but what team other than my, than San Francisco is just a better situation than Miami. That's reasonably available. Like you could say Kansas city, but like, obviously Mahomes is not leaving Buffalo out. You know what I mean? Like, that, that reasonably he could get to that has more pieces in place 
than Miami. I can only think of San Francisco. I can't think of a second one. But why would why would Miami want him over a younger quarterback who could probably at this point in their career maybe give you something close to Brady like production? Oh, different question. Different no, question. I know. No, I know it is. I'm now presenting this and adding this into the conversation. Why would so you're saying for for Brady, it's probably what San Francisco one. Miami two, maybe the Raiders three. Yeah, and I think there's a huge drop off there from two to three. Okay, yeah, a huge drop off. Okay, do you think that among the the so-called available quarterbacks, Miami would look at Brady as the best one? I think that Stephen Ross would, and he signs the checks, right? Because he's the Michigan guy, and he yeah tampered with him and lost a first round pick over him. He wanted so wanted him so bad. Well, there's but, your answer then, because I don't, yeah. I don't think that that would be McDaniel's answer. But I think that McDaniel's answer would probably be Derek Carr. Um, just because, because I, I was just going to say off the conversation we just had, why wouldn't he prefer Lamar Jackson? That's interesting. You've got those wide receivers and you've got a quarterback who can run. How the hell would you do they, defend do that? Do they have No, they traded they, the first round pick for Chubb like idiots. Well, right, that's that what was I was gonna say. They, they, don't, they don't have what it takes to trade for Lamar. Depends how Baltimore wants to do it. Baltimore's weird about some of the stuff they do with picks and whatnot. They're always stockpiling those compensatory picks. I know they did trade a first, uh, they got a first back for Brown, so they have made trades like that but who knows what they yeah. would want that one would that would that would surprise me a little bit but god would i love to see that like lamar going from the best receiver he's ever had is hollywood brown to tyree kill and well Jay what Lamar. if i mean look i mean it, it would take uh, incredible balls like what Le'Veon bell did with the steelers which backfired what if Lamar Jackson said, I won't sign the franchise tag. I won't play unless you trade me to Miami. Find a way to do it. That's where I grew up. That's who I want to play for. Do it. Uh, yeah, that would be. That happens in the NBA all the time. Oh, of course. Of course. And it's happening more in the NFL. It would be a quite a power play uh, by Lamar coming off of missing the last five games plus no the playoffs agent. plus not playing well like that would be the most like like just like the, the heat check with the guy who hasn't been on fire move uh that we've seen in a while but I would respect it I'd respect it all right let's talk about your Giants they're getting a lot of love this week trendy upset pick you buying you agreeing well I, I, this is one of the this is this is so funny this game is basically the way that it's been talked about all week. The love for the Giants is really just a disguised way of expressing your hatred towards the Vikings. That's all people are doing. They're just Correct. using the Giants as a way. Picking the Giants is not is not a way of trying to promote like the Giants having a surprise season or believing in what they what they're gonna do or what they will do or what they've built. It's just, how can I slander the Vikings 
in the most hurtful way possible. Oh, the Giants who aren't any good are going to go there and beat them. That's what this is. And I will be honest with you. I agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have called both of these teams frauds all year. And so what I said, I, I texted a buddy today. Uh, which leg of the giants Bengals six-point tees loses? Giants up to nine, Bengals down to two and a half. How does that lose? How does that lose? Um, I mean, you could obviously, it, it feels much more likely that the Minnesota, like Minnesota could win by double digits because the Giants aren't very good. But I feel like the Giants should be able to move the ball on Minnesota. And th this stat just jumped out at me before you answer that question. Bill Barnwell put it like this, because anybody could look up Football Outsiders DVOA and see that Minnesota's 27th in the NFL in DVOA. But he put it as, the only teams with a worse DVOA than the Vikings either fired their coach or are the Chicago Bears. Like, Minnesota... Now, the Giants are 22nd. Like, they're not great either. Yeah. But that's how disappointing well, and bad Minnesota's been. Well, even if you go by... So, even the season Kirk Cousins had, which it's interesting. Like, I thought that the Vikings overall season would be a way for people to just pile on Cousins. But I think people have just been doing that for so long. It, like, isn't effective anymore. Like, it doesn't move the needle at all. No. To just go after Cousins. So, he is fourth in the league in passing yards. The only guys ahead of him are Mahomes, Herbert, and Brady. So, that's pretty <laughs> rarefied air, right? If you go to QBR, here are the quarterbacks this year who were, who were below him. Tannehill. Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield. So he is, I think Dan Orlovsky put out a quarterback ranking today. If you go by that stat, he's the worst quarterback in the playoffs. And his team's 13 and four. And he was fourth in the league in passing yards. That's pretty ridiculous. QBR though... It the, you don't the, like QBR now? You're anti-QBR? Well, no, no, no. I, no, I, I'm just saying it, it, it does factor. I, I think the, the the only knock on QBR, right, is that it, it it like people think it overvalues running for a quarterback. Like there's no perfect stat, but I think that's one of the things with QBR. And obviously he's a statue. But um, as are all the guys that you just mentioned that are below him. But um, yeah, I, I think the bigger thing with Minnesota, we've talked about it all year, is their defense. They don't force turnovers. They don't cover people. They don't rush the passer. So pretty much, you know, 400 yards a game is easy against them. I would assume the Giants would be able to run the ball against them. Um, but and isn't I, it crazy that they get no credit for the Buffalo win? Yeah. That's as good of a win as any team in football really has this year. What they did there, the plays that got made late in that game to win that. You're right. So do you, so I mean, so your answer would just be Minnesota plays a good game at home in the postseason against. No, the I no. I, this is so weird. I actually, I I said zero percent chance that the Ravens win. I said that a few minutes ago, but for like John Harbaugh has a reputation for winning road playoff games. He's won a ton of them. 
But I just think his quarterback situation is so bad that I just can't fathom seeing them. I can see them losing a close game. The two and a half number, so that that's my hangup. If you said three and a half, I would say I could see the Ravens losing that game on a late field goal. Well, that's why the tease is good. It gets the it under seven three. So I, oh, I mean, listen, the, the Bengals, if anyone's teasing anything this weekend, you're teasing the Bengals. The Bengals are like the most obvious teaser we've seen in a while in the playoffs. But like, I think, I, I think doing it with New York back-to-back games on Sunday is, and I say, I think, I know I've already put it in, but that's going to be my Sunday enjoyment. And I, and I would suggest I'll throw it out there as we're, we're undefeated. We've done three bets. We're three and zero in show bets. I would, I would deposit. Our first teaser, Bengals to two and a half, Giants up to nine, is what I would like to. I like would to be, I would be on board with that if that's what you want to do. That's what I would I like would to do. do. That. Okay, all right, that's what I would like to do. All right, Chargers, Jaguars. What would the Chargers need to do in the playoffs to keep Brandon Staley and turn down Sean Payton and the other top coaches who obviously would be interested in that job? I think they need to one win this game and then. They need. They would need to go to Kansas City, and they would need to play. They would need to play a great. They would need to play a game that if they lost, you still would say like they didn't week two. Hell of an effort, you know. Like I think that would keep him for another year. But if it's just beat Jacksonville, go to Kansas City and lose by like I don't know thirteen. I think there's going to be people that are going to tell them you need to fire him because I've got so-and-so on line one who wants this job right now. Well, so I, th- I think it's the same thing. Like the, so like, I think McCarthy's fired. If he loses, you're saying McCarthy's fired. If they can get Sean Payton, I think that that's the standard that the Chargers should hold themselves to. Like, I don't think that you fire Brandon Staley just for losing but I think that you probably fire Brandon Staley for losing if you feel like you can get tier one offensive coach with Justin Herbert. Wait a minute. I said if they lose the next week to Kansas City, you're saying you would you would argue for keeping him if they lost this game? I think that you need to have a definitive offensive stud coach who will take the job. And you, that should be doable. That should be doable. I'd take a shot on like the guy in Detroit, the Ben Johnson, and fire him. Yeah, for Staley. The when the the worst thing for Brandon Staley happened this week. Yeah, Williams isn't going to play. That well, is we don't square. know that yet. We don't know. Oh that yet. yes, we do. He missed a practice. He, he, he they're done practicing because Staley, Friday. Yeah, I mean Staley said he's coming with them, and we'll see. And oh. yeah, that asinine quote that reps aren't as important, and blah blah blah. I don't think he's playing, and if he doesn't play, that is squarely on him. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Listen, Brandon Staley's my like, – I love that guy, and there was just a piece put out about how great his defensive game plans have still been, and they very well might be, but that is – it was one of the most ridiculous, egregious things. For the coach who doesn't play his guy in any preseason game, which I agree with, to then go against that logic and play dudes in week 18 when you're locked into your seed is completely nonsensical and indefensible. So if he gets fired, he'll deserve it. He'll get hired immediately. As As a head coach? 
No, as a defensive coordinator. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he'll he'll he'll, he'll get hired immediately, and he'll get a shot as a head coach again. Um, he is the type of guy, young enough, enough bright moments, he will get another shot. Um, but I think that they would move on from him in a loss if they had a tier one offensive coach there. But I don't know that they would do it just for another coordinator on the come. Because at some point they're like, we've got what they have an awesome roster. They're in an awesome stadium. They're in an awesome city with an awesome yeah, quarterback. Yeah, but part of the problem there is that with Brandon Staley is that this Lombardi character who's their offensive coordinator is looked at as a complete boob. They they have a guy as their offensive coordinator. Look at the routes. Look at the yards yeah. per pass attempt. Look at like the way they play. No one likes it. You no, know, no. All the smart football people say this offense is prehistoric for what they have from a weapon standpoint. I agree, and I agree. My thing is, if they fire Brandon Staley, and it was Anthony and Justin Herbert was Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley, and the Lions' offensive coordinator, Brandon Staley would be looking around, being like, "Man, I'm a Rolls Royce. Can you get me a professional driver?" Like, they they need to, they would need they would need to get proven NFL head coach. Is my point. You can't give him another, like, maybe this guy just got promoted above his pay grade as as a coordinator. You you would need to hire Harbaugh or Peyton or someone like that, even though I've got my questions about those guys, too. I just feel like, like you can't keep doing would the same thing. Would you take Jim thing. Caldwell over Staley? No. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't. I know everyone loves Caldwell. I wouldn't, no. Well, what do you? Well, you're okay. So now you're you're calling out the football media. I'm ageist. You're ageist now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, is is that that's the best you can do for? Like, rank them. Mahomes one, Allen two, Burrow three, Herbert's four. Right? He's the fourth most desirable quarterback in the NFL to coach. Well, there's the guy that's on the other side in this game. Yeah. There's also your guy. No, I mean, listen, I love I love Fields, but Lawrence and Herbert are above Fields. Come on. I know they are. Although you've said it multiple times on this podcast this year that you take Fields over Lawrence, so we should probably have those scrubbed. Yeah. Yeah. That's not aging great. Um <laughs> But I mean, those guys have been doing battle since they were in sixth grade in the same class in Georgia. So like they've been one, two, two, one for forever. I think they're both going to be studs, but I, I, do you think that Lawrence is better than Herbert? I'm seeing a little bit of that develop this week. That seems very premature. No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Who do you have winning this game? Chargers. Yeah, me too. I also have the game being high scoring. I do not. Yeah, I've seen a lot of smart gamblers think that I'm on the wrong side of this one. You didn't already put that in, did you? Yeah, but I put it in at 46 and a half, and it's up to 47 and a half. So I got I got 47 as my key number. But you have key numbers. Yeah, I'm a key number guy. Okay. Gotta have that CLV, buddy. Closing line value. All right, Seahawks Niners. What do you think of this new playoff format? Do you look at these two seven games as proof that the NFL messed up a good thing? No, because I'm always going to take more football. Right. And I so that's the obvious point, and I agree with it. But the other thing is, 
Like teams sat guys in week 18, but the best teams didn't. Because they were going for that one seed. That's what I'm saying. So, and like the Chargers should have sat guys because they were locked into the five seed. So you're always going to have some problems with teams at the end of the season sitting guys when they're locked in. But I feel like from the NFL standpoint, you'd rather have the best teams right. playing their players. And I think that there is a legitimate amount of intrigue. Like it makes it makes the regular season matter that much more if there is a difference between the one and the two seed. I think it makes sense. Which there should have always been. You should have never rewarded the team that finished second with the same prize as the team that finished first, which was a week off. So right. I like that too. Other than home field advantage, if they met in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Or AFC Championship game. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I said it last week. I just want to reiterate here. I think that Brock Purdy can win Super Bowl MVP. I think that that's, I think, dude, I know. I know. Well, I said last week that I think they can win it with him. I don't think he's going to be the star. I don't think he's going to be the driving force behind it offensively even. I know their defense is great. Um, I'm just reminded of my guy Roethlisberger who sat on his podcast earlier this year that they need a veteran quarterback and was begging for the 49ers to give him a call and bring him out of retirement. And I do think that if he was their quarterback right now, they'd be in much better shape. I would, won yes. 10 straight games. And, and they would look like they were head and shoulders better even than the AFC favorites if they had him. You're out of A here. proven... You don't know how a rookie quarterback is going to respond to this game on Saturday. He might shit his pants. That's totally. We've not had a rookie quarterback win a playoff game since when? Russell Wilson, 2012. I think is the last time it happened. Is Ben Roethlisberger in shape? Am I in shape? Is Ben Roethlisberger in shape? I don't know how. Are all these? Is Mac Jones in shape? I mean, how many of these guys are really quote unquote in shape? That are pocket passers. Dude, Ben Ben Roethlisberger hasn't played football. And he didn't look good the last time we saw him play football. Stop with this Homer stuff. You don't believe this. You don't believe what you're saying. Wait a minute. If If they had signed Roethlisberger, say, a month and a half ago. And so he had, like, that You don't believe what you're saying. Yes, I do. I don't okay, so here's the thing about the Purdy talk that I'm I, I need an answer from you on. Do you actually think he's good or are you putting it all on the system? Which one is it? Is it him? Like, are you saying, like, are you admitting like actually this guy is good and he's in a really good system? Or is it just the system is basically quarterback proof? Anybody can go in there. They're all interchangeable parts. It's like the Broncos with running backs under Mike Shanahan. Is that what we have here? Jimmy Garoppolo completed 67.2% of his passes this year. Okay. Brock Purdy completed 67.1% of his passes this year. Okay. They both threw four interceptions. 13 touchdowns for Purdy, 16 for Jimmy G. Jimmy G did it in two more games. Passer rating, Garoppolo, 103. Purdy, 107.3. 
Okay. So what are you? So this is your way of saying what? This is my way of saying that he is good enough in that system that makes anybody look good. Dude, it, but you are the guy who has said several times, this is why you play, this is why you go with Lance over Garoppolo. Because Garoppolo is good enough to win you games, but he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl win. And now he has the same numbers as Jimmy G. And you're saying, wait, actually you are, he is going to win the MVP. You can well, win Hold on a second. But what I also said is this year in the NFC, you're not playing a 13-win Packer team and a 13-win Tampa team. So the you NFC- are down on Philadelphia then. This is the an N- admission that you've soured on them a little bit. San Francisco is the second seed in the NFC. The only other team in their caliber is Philly, who they won't have to play for a couple of weeks, man. No one else in the NFC can beat San Francisco. Brock Purdy going to Philly in playing that team in that road environment is going to be a tough, I, tough spot. I You said Super Bowl MVP, though. I can't well, if you're fathom. The, if you're the quarterback of the team that is in the Super Bowl, you're the favorite to be the Super Bowl MVP. That's how it works. Like uh, four out of five Super Bowl MVPs are quarterbacks. Okay, so, but I can't, I can't fathom. They get like I guess if they get to the Super Bowl, that will mean he will have played well. But dude, if I they can't get to the Super Bowl. He will have played I, well. And let's say it's I Niners, can't picture Chiefs, you a Niners. month from now being like, we got the Niners and Chiefs, and you know what, Pony. Pur- Purdy's going to win the MVP and beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. You're not going to say those things. You're not. So don't try to set me up now for this pretend conversation that will never happen. You, you will know what not I am have gonna, that take. You know what I am going to say? Here's what I'm going to say. Pat Mahomes is the favorite to be Super Bowl MVP. And the second favorite is Brock Purdy. Because every single year... The favorites for Super Bowl MVP are the two starting quarterbacks. Okay, but I could then take any team in these playoffs yes. and say, you know what, Danny, Kirk Cousins can win the Super Bowl MVP. No, He's because the, the Vikings the- are not good enough to get to the Super Bowl. But if the Vikings got to the Super Bowl, then of course he could be the MVP. Dude, there are two teams and two teams only that could come out of the NFC. Philly and San Francisco. Those are the only two teams. So therefore, Brock Purdy can be Super Bowl MVP. He's got a better chance of being Super Bowl MVP than Tom Brady or Dak Prescott. I'll tell you that right now. Is that what the is that what the odds actually say? Because I bet you could bet Super Bowl MVP right now. You think Purdy's ahead of Brady and Dak? I bet he isn't. I he definitely should be. If he's not, will you bet it right now? Sure. Okay, it's posted. Where? You're, he's he's fifth. <laughs> yeah. You son let, of a let, bitch. Yeah, let, let me guess. Let me guess. In order. I'm going to nail this. In your fucking grill. <laughs> Mahomes. Yep. Allen. Yep. Hertz. Yep. Burrow. Yep. Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, but you're talking about value. The Niners have have better odds to win the Super Bowl than the than the Bengals, so Purdy should actually be ahead of Burrow for MVP. Yeah, you but know? if the two met in the Super Bowl, 
Burrow would be favored over Purdy to be Super Bowl MVP. But would the Bengals be favored against the 49ers? Probably not, but it's more likely that if the Niners win the Super Bowl, that McCaffrey or Bosa or somebody else. That's not what this is saying. This is not saying that McCaffrey or Bosa or Debo Samuel. They're saying if the Niners win the Super Bowl, it's going to be Brock Purdy, dude. I understand that. I hope they fucking lose this weekend. (laughs) You are such a hypocrite too, because you should be out here saying, Geno Smith, you give Geno Smith a second chance. Oh, no, Geno's got no prayer this week. It's You know what actually might help them? We're talking about like biblical flooding, like bad, bad, bad rain during the game. Like horrible, horrible weather conditions during that game, which will neutralize your boy Brock Purdy. And make it I mean, a Kenneth Walker before, affair. right? You've bet on the Super Bowl before. You're aware of how it works. No, like I, you're, what you're saying about the quarterbacks being the favorites to win the MVP is dead on. But I, I just, I just can't wrap my head around this like universal faith that is out there on Brock Purdy. He doesn't turn the ball over. Their team. Look is at awesome. who they played. Look at who, who they played they with. Going him. to play. Philadelphia in Philadelphia, and they'll be an underdog. Yes. What more do you want? But they're winning these two games to get there. I, uh, you've turned me into a Cowboys fan. Oh God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Oh man. All right. All right, we did it under an hour. <laughs> yeah, for six games. Uh, all right. Thank you to Spencer. Oh, Re- programming note. We're not going to release our next podcast until after the Monday Nighter with the Bucks and Cowboys. So. Yeah, we didn't think it would be it, – it makes no sense for us to do it until we see the end of that game. So we'll, we'll record after Monday Night Football on Dr. King Day, and uh, we'll have it for you first thing Tuesday morning. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. First in pod. Tell a friend. Thank you. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.